1: Pittsburgh steeler fans this is behind the steel curtain editor dave Schofield coming at you again on monday on labor day yeah i know i just finished one breaking news podcast only to find out that the steelers did surprise me did what i expected them to do which i also didn't expect them to do and announced their first depth chart of the 2022 season after they cut down to 53 players But because this is a special breaking news podcast, I'm not here by myself. I can't do this alone. I have one, Jeff Hartman, senior editor behind the steel curtain, also here with me. How's it going, Jeff?
2: It's good. We're laboring on Labor Day, Dave. I don't know what that's supposed to do. I mean, we're not supposed to do that, right?
1: No, I've been laboring a lot. I mean, there's been a lot of stuff going on. I expected a lot of news. I'll just ask you this as it got later in the day like last year, it was like two thirty in the afternoon that we got a depth chart uh, on labor day. And we ran an article, did all that good stuff with it. When it got past that time, did you think we weren't getting it today because of the Mike Tomlin press conference tomorrow, maybe announcing the quarterback or, or yeah, not to even try?
2: Yeah, I, I don't even, I, this year, especially, and we've, com- we've complained about the organization a lot this off season because they just, they seem to just be doing things on their own timeline, and that's it. So I had I had no expectations at all, to be honest with you. So I'm just glad we got it, and let's get this out of the way.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it, it was frustrating that, you know, we had how many different podcasts to do the practice squad because they trickled in. I mean, yep. they only announced half of it. They took forever to do it. Uh, they had press conferences. They said that we're going to be televised live, and they weren't. All kinds of stuff. Hopefully, that's not a precursor to how the season is going to work out. But let's dive into this now. Yes. Let's not wait. We'll hit the top one right off the bat. Jeff, quarterback, uh, it is listed. Nothing has changed since when they did it at the beginning of training camp. It is listed as Mitch Trubisky, one, Mason Rudolph, two, Kenny Pickett, three. Do you think this is really what it is? Or do you think we're ultimately waiting for an announcement?
2: I mean, this could obviously change, but I think this is what it really is. I hate it, and I am going to say that until I'm blue in the face, Uh, and you said this in our Slack channel, that you don't think Kenny Pickett's even going to dress on game day, and that could be the case. I'm not going to be happy. In fact, I I would be absolutely livid if that happens, but at the same time, this is what Tomlin does. He always seems to value veterans. He likes to keep them above rookies. Uh, There is one position where he definitely didn't do that, but in quarterback, he stuck true to his word. Uh, It is what it is. The hope is that Trubisky plays well. He doesn't need to be replaced or anything like that, but I was kind of ticked off that Kenny Pickett's buried on the depth
1: chart. We'll put it that way. See, it is exactly what I expected to be. I've said this for a very long time. I'm not going to come on here and, and shout from the rooftops that I was right because I'm still not convinced this is what it'll definitely be going into Sunday. But I kept bringing up the point of just because a player is QB two on your depth chart or is dressed on game day as QB two, it does not mean that they are next in line to start. It doesn't have to be that way. To me, if Mitch Trubisky is not starting a game, it's Kenny Pickett who's the next guy in. But... If you want to have a quarterback dressed and ready to go, I would much rather have a player like a Mason Rudolph or if it would have been Rudolph as a starter, even a Mitch Trubisky, who's been there, been a backup before. Let them be the guy, especially week one. We'll see how long that lasts, but especially to start the season, if they've got to come in, you know, let's say, for example, Trubisky's shoe comes off and they got to run in and run one play. I would much rather that be someone who's been out there on the field before, and then is coming out for that one play, than seeing KP eight go out there, hand off the Najee Harris, and turn around and come back and stand on the sideline the rest of the game. That's yeah. just me.
2: So, it like like I said, it, Mike Tomlin's going to keep his cards as close to the vest as he can. And who knows what he's going to do on game day. This could be the depth chart and he could have Mason Rudolph inactive on game day. Like that is an option. So it's just, he hates depth charts. Let's keep that in mind too. But there are some telling things in this other than quarterbacks.
1: But to me, if you really want to utilize all three players, that's how you utilize all three players. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that that oh, well the QB2 gets this x amount of snaps. In the pra- they can do whatever they want in practice. Right. They don't have to do it the way they've done it before. They can do it all whatever they want. They could have Mason Rudolph running running the scout team. They could have Kenny Pickett running the scout team. They can do whatever they feel like. This is very different, very unique, and to me this is the, this is using all your assets that's just my opinion if they do that going forward and for all you know this doesn't last very long so okay. do you think we've we've hit the quarterback enough yeah, we have. Let's move on. Okay,
2: Jeff's Jeff's too frustrated on that.
1: It's it's exactly what I thought was the I know, wise you've thing. You've been to do. saying
2: this for a long time, so
1: that's <laughs> so we don't need to say it anymore. No. <laughs> All right, let's hit let's hit running back. To no surprise, Najee Harris is number one at running back. Derek Watt is number one at fullback. There is no other fullback listed, so they do not have Connor Hayward listed in multiple positions. They only have him as a tight end, but as we kind of expected because Matt Canada might've let this slip out a little bit last week. Jalen Warren is listed as the number two running back with Benny Snell junior listed third. Jeff, do you think this was definitely how they're going to run things during a game?
2: I think they are. This is, this was a huge shock to me when I saw the depth chart, when you sent that in our breaking news Slack channel. And I, I looked, like, wow, this guy is an undrafted rookie. And we know that Mike Tomlin loves Benny Snell for a lot of reasons, but for him to be above him on the depth chart, that's telling, you know, he's going to get a helmet on game day. They only have three running backs. I would be very stunned if they didn't have all three available due to special teams and things of that nature. But still, I look at this and I think Jalen Warren is going to be the, I think he'd be the first running back off. I mean, what does he, or what does Benny Snell do better than Jalen Warren is the question I ask myself
1: play special teams
2: maybe (laughs) yeah that's about it i mean other than that when we're talking about the running back position he's not as fast Mm -hmm. he is uh, Jalen warren is equally as good as getting tough yards he seems to always fall forward he's not afraid of contact hits the hole hard has better vision in my opinion i think he's the true rb2 do you agree
1: yeah I absolutely do I I thought he I think he he runs hard he runs explosive it's just I really liked everything that we saw from him in the preseason he had the the fumble early on but he came back from that I love his attitude about the game about being a part of the Pittsburgh Steelers I think he deserves this this goes to show that if you work hard and show that you can do it you're going to be where you should be
2: yeah and you pretty damning statement to me if yeah, about Benny Snell, but, but then let's keep in mind too, for those that want to bash Benny Snell and there's plenty of people out there that do, he was also not available for the vast majority of camps. Yes. He was hurt. Jalen Warren was out there showing out during that time. So keep that in mind. But I think this is a very genuine RB one, RB two, RB three depth chart for Mike Tomlin.
1: I, I agree. Completely. So let's roll to tight end. There's not much to say here. It's exactly what we expected. Pat Friermuth, one, Zach Gentry, two, Connor Hayward, three. Anything you want to say about that?
2: No, this is, that. if it was anything different, I'd be stunned. Not surprised at all.
1: Yes, exactly. And with the wide receivers as well, because I am not putting any... Any credence into where they list these wide receivers. They don't exactly say what's the slot or anything of that nature. It's just three wide receivers on the first team of Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and George Pickens. And then the other three on the second team, because remember Calvin Austin, the third's on IR. And that's Gunnar Oshevsky, Steven Sims, and Miles Boykin. Any surprises there?
2: No, I'm actually kind of surprised that Mike Tomlin, he kind of created, and when we get to the defensive side, you talk about like the nickel back spot on the depth chart. He They Mm -hmm. added that. That's not generally a position that's listed. And he Mm -hmm. added that. I'm shocked they haven't put a slot, but they don't have that genuine slot receiver. Hopefully they can all move through that position, but, uh, yeah, no surprises with the wide receivers.
1: Yeah. And I'm, I'm okay. If there's not one set player lining up in the slot every time, right? That's, that's, that's great. So how they have it is wonderful. Let's look at the offensive line. Honestly, I was not surprised here one bit. The only thing I was not sure of going in is which reserve tackle they were going to line. They were going to list as left tackle versus right tackle. That's the only thing I didn't know coming into this because Kevin Dotson won that job. Not like he did. uh, uh, Let's just say it. It's not like he went out and, and set the world on fire. But he definitely played better than Kendrick Green. So you've got Dan Moore Jr. at left tackle, Kevin Dotson at left guard, Mason Cole at center, James Daniel at right guard, Chuksa Corfort at right tackle. Your reserves were Trent Scott at left tackle and Jesse Davis at right tackle. Kendrick Green listed as left guard and JC Hasenauer at center. There's no one behind right guard behind James Daniels at right guard right now. It would probably either be Hassenauer or Green, depending on the situation. It might Jeff be Davis. Thoughts.
2: It might be Davis. Davis it could be right Davis. Right. Well. He can
1: slide down. I almost forgot to include him with in that because he's mainly on the right side. So you've got right. multiple options that could go in there at right guard. A- anything else about that?
2: No, I mean it Dotson, like you said, he didn't set the world on fire, but he did enough to prove that he should be starting. We'll see. This is the biggest, this is the biggest question mark on the offensive side of the ball is the offensive line. And that's horrible to say entering the regular season, but Uh, this is the best group they have right now. And so we'll see if they can put
1: it together. Yeah. So, um, anything else on the offense before we wrap a bow on that and go into the defense. Now let's go to the defense defense. All right. There were a few things here that surprised me a little bit. I mean, not shocking and it wasn't really at the top of the list, but, um, We'll get there. Let's let's go with the defensive line. They list three different positions, defensive tackle, defensive end, and nose tackle. Those are your three um, interior defensive linemen. They have Cam Hayward as the defensive tackle, Larry Ogunjobi as the defensive end, and Tyson Aluolo as the nose tackle. That's what we expected. That's what they had going into training camp. Behind them, for the second-team defensive tackle, they have listed both Isaiah Loudermilk and DeMarvin Leal behind Kim Hayward, Chris Wormley behind Larry Ogunjobi, and Martravis Adams behind Tyson Alualu. To me, the biggest change was they had DeMarvin Leal listed as a defensive end on the first depth chart. Now they bumped him up to a defensive tackle along with Isaiah Loudermilk. Did that surprise you or anything else on that list?
2: i the Steelers, they do these, they do these things. They just make stuff up. Like who yeah. puts an or on the depth chart? Like I don't understand <laughs> how this. Works. Like put a slash or something. They literally have Isaiah louder milk or uh, louder milk or Demarvin Leal. Like I don't. They do these things. I think it's hysterical. Uh, to me, it's a kudos to Demarvin Leal. I think he's going to be one of the first guys off the bench unless it's an obvious passing situation where you want Wormley out there. Isaiah Loudermilk is probably going to be if you want a run stopper, but I think thats a, I was very happy to see Liao even in that discussion because he's a rookie and we all thought he was raw and didn't know how he would fit. I, can you tell me the difference between a defensive end and a defensive tackle and why the, the labeling matters?
1: Uh, not really, because some <laughs> people would think that Ogan Joby was more of a tackle than an end, but Cam right. Hayward's the tackle. Um, Stefan Tour was labeled as the defensive end when he was there. Um, I guess <laughs> I just don't get well, the difference. <laughs> Honestly, I I guess if the how do I say it, if the nose tackle is going to shade to one side of the center, they would generally shade on the same side as a defensive end, almost giving like a 3-4 look on one side and a 4-3 look on the other. Got it. Uh, that would really be it. I don't really know. I, or it could just be they're throwing them out there in three different positions. Here's my question. They, they kept seven. Seven defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. They usually only keep six. Sometimes they only dress five. There's no way they're going to dress seven. Is that milk or DeMarvin Leal? Is that two dogs, one bone for a helmet?
2: If they only dress five, I think... As long as Tyson Aluoglu is healthy and he Mm -hmm. is playing at a high level, I think Adams doesn't get a helmet. And then if I were me, I wouldn't dress Chris Wormley. Uh, I'd rather, maybe early on you do and you don't give Liao a helmet, but to me, Liao has much more upside than Chris Wormley does. And that's even coming off of a career high season in both tackles for loss, sacks and quarterback hits, I believe but it's going to be interesting and Tyson Alawalu is back correct me if i'm wrong dave in the past has he just been strictly labeled as a nose tackle or has he not also been defensive end defensive tackle as well
1: uh, he's ever since the the moving on of Javon Hargrave uh Tyson alo has been the nose tackle okay but just because he's the nose tackle doesn't mean he has to be the one who comes off right. when they when they go into their sub packages he also can play any of the spots along the defensive line. Really, at, if you look at those three guys, I think any three of them could play any of those spots of those three starters. They could line up. There's been times where Cam Hayward's lined up at, at nose. So I, I think they're kind of interchangeable, in my opinion.
2: I, I would see I could honestly see them dressing six, and okay. I know they normally dress five dressing six. Layout doesn't get a helmet early on in the season, and then maybe he works his way into that rotation. Because, like you said, there's so many moving pieces of the puzzle. If they have Alu out there, but they like Larry Ogunjobi can't be out there cause he's getting a breather. Then they put Adams in it, nose tackle and they can still function. It's going to be yeah. interesting to see how they handle that.
1: Yeah. But I, Hey, versatility. That's the key. Yep. That's what they want to see. So, sure. all right. So to finish out the the front five, you have the outside linebackers. So you have TJ Watt listed on the left side and Alex Highsmith listed on the right side. They have Malik Reed behind TJ Watt and Jameer Jones behind Alex Highsmith. I'm going to go ahead and jump in and say this. I think that's intentional. I think you put Malik Reed behind TJ Watt just when you list it, because then people aren't wondering, oh, is Malik Reed right there behind Highsmith to take that starting spot away? You put Malik Reed as the guy behind TJ Watt, and he's your your rotational guy. Then there's no question about it. Do you think that's why they did that?
2: Uh, that to me, that might be reading a little bit too much into it, but that's yeah. just me. Uh, I think that Malik Reed, he has said publicly he can play both sides. He's done it in the national football league. I believe Jameer Jones could rush on both sides when he was with Pittsburgh last year. And Alex Highsmith has been able to rush from both sides as well. So I, I really like this outside linebacker core since they've made those yeah. moves. If Jameer Jones wasn't there and Derek Tuska was still on the roster, I'd be okay with that too. But that swap has been made nonetheless. So uh, I. I as long as these guys are healthy, meaning Alex Highsmith and his rib injury, I like their outside linebacker depth.
1: Yep. I'm I'm great with this four. I think it was an upgrade this past week, but exactly like you said, um, if Tuska was three and someone like Hamilkar Rashid was number four, uh, yeah, um, so then, I, then I would say I would definitely take Reed and Jones over those two. But when Reed came in and, and Tuska was cut, was pushed down to four to me, him and Jones right now are interchangeable. Um, so it was, I don't know that there's a big difference there or not, but the Steelers went with Jones. So that's who it is. Yeah. Um, a position group that I sometimes skip over when I do these. So I better not inside linebacker. Were you surprised when you saw this? The two starters are miles Jack and Devin Bush. No, I wasn't yeah.
2: surprised at all.
1: Yes. Was I just surprised the, surprise I, was the second string. Exactly. With the second string that it was behind. Devin Bush is Robert Spillane and behind miles. Jack is Mark Robinson Mm -hmm. as the second string, Marcus Allen listed as the third string. I have to admit, Jeff, when I got this article ready before we had the news, I already had Robinson third and Allen second. So this was a, let's just say a pleasant surprise. I would
2: have done the same thing if I were you pre-writing that article. Uh, Robinson's done enough that he's impressed the coaches that they put him in in ahead of Marcus Allen, who just continues to linger around as this hybrid safety slash linebacker slash whatever uh, hype man in the locker room. So for me, Mark Robinson, great story. Let's see if they can use him in certain. I would love to see him be just give him one sub package, one sub package. Like, hey, you just need to master this sub package. And when they get in that, he can go out there, use his athleticism, uses speed, His, I would say, tenacity because the guy loves to hit and he's physical. So, uh, but, you know, kudos to Mark Robinson. It was good to see his name there.
1: Yeah, and I'll be honest, I still would not be shocked if early in the season he doesn't get a helmet and they go with Marcus Allen just because of the special teams. We'll we'll see when that happens on Sunday. Yeah. Uh let's go to the secondary. Let's do the easy one first because this is exactly what we expected. Uh at the safety position, Minka Fitzpatrick is the free safety. Terrell Edmonds is the strong safety. Trey Norwood is the backup at free safety. Miles Killebrew is the backup at strong safety. To me, once DeMonte KZ went on IR, this was what it was going to be.
2: Yeah, no surprises at all. If for anything,
1: first string, second string, doesn't matter. Yeah, and I'm I'm content with with those with those players there in those roles. I'm I'm I like the safety room. If KZ would have would have been available, that would just make it even better. Mm-hmm. But I still think that they're that they're fine with that moving forward. The big thing that was interesting was the Steelers corrected one of their or positions that they did early in training camp, and that is that they had three starting corners listed before as outside corners, not even counting nickel. But what they ended up going with was at left cornerback is first team's Akilah Witherspoon, second team's James Pierre. At right cornerback is Cameron Sutton, followed by Levi Wallace. What do you make of that, Jeff?
2: I've I've been saying this all training camp, and I, I still do believe it's going to happen despite the, the uh, depth chart that we're looking at right now, and that is – You will see Cam Sutton in the dime, especially flex inside and use more of that in that way. In in which case, Levi Wallace would then go outside. I think Levi Wallace could maybe spell Arthur Millette in the slot. If since he's the nickel back, we haven't gotten there yet. Yes, I didn't, I forgot to say that one. Arthur Millette is the first team nickel. Yeah, so he I could see him being there as well. I compared Levi Wallace to Deshae Townsend back in the early 2000s defense. And he can play all over. He can play outside. He can play the slot. He could probably play the dime as well. He's a smart cornerback. So I think these guys are going to be interchangeable. I do think that if you're just using your standard look, if Mallette's, if Mallette's in the nickel, you have Witherspoon and Sutton on the outside. That's what they've been doing all preseason. So I'm not surprised at all. You?
1: No, I'm, I'm not at all. And I don't know how long this is going to stay this way. It could change up in-game. It yeah. could change up from week to week. If you've got quality players pushing other quality players to get onto the field, that's a good problem to have. I'm fine as long as that's what's going on. For sure.
2: And I I like the secondary. I really do. I would be better with KZ, but I still like Killebrew and Norwood rounding out the safety depth, and I really like the the cornerbacks with Witherspoon, Sutton, Wallace, and Maulet as your primary defensive backs. I think it's a good group.
1: Yeah, and people who still want to poo-poo on Terrell Edmonds after all these years, after being a first-round pick, it doesn't matter where he was picked. He's one of the better players in that secondary. He played great in the preseason, and I'm looking forward to him having a good year.
2: I just hope that one of those players, whether it's Killebrew or Norwood, are able to complete the trifecta of safeties that they were using in the preseason, Mm -hmm. which allowed Minka Fitzpatrick to really roam free. And they used Minka Fitzpatrick as – Uh, A linebacker kind of he he blitzed. He had a sack in the preseason, uh, you know, but he was also playing the deep half. He was moving all over the place, and that was really exciting. I just don't know if they have that in a Norwood or a Killebrew to accomplish that. So we'll see what they do. But, uh, yeah, I like the secondary.
1: I I would say the most likely for in that role would be Norwood. But honestly, just as likely. See him slide Cam Sutton back there to have Levi Wallace coming onto the field. That's a good point. Seriously, you could see Witherspoon, Sutton, Wallace, and Mollett all on the field at the same time. That's possible. Yeah. You could see it.
2: Talk about um, versatility.
1: Yeah, that's exactly exactly. Yeah. So, anything else on the defense before nope. we? Okay, let's tie up these special teams here real quick. There was really no surprises here, especially when it comes to Chris Boswell, the kicker, Presley Harvin as both the holder and the punter, and Christian Kuntz is the long snapper. That's just been what it's been the whole time. Gunner O is your punt returner and kick returner, and because he made the team, not surprised one bit, Steven Sims is the reserve for both punt return and kick return. What are your overall thoughts there, Jeff?
2: No, there's no surprises here whatsoever. If Steven Sims gets a helmet on game day and he's out there and Gunner O gets injured or something like that, he's your guy. Or if Gunnar O fumbles the football and Mike Tomlin wants to send a message, he's your guy. So that, that gives them another option at the return game. He had a nice return in the preseason. I believe that was in week one uh, against Seattle. So uh, yeah, I, I like this group and I, I like Presley Harvin's consistency more uh, in his second year. Chris Boswell is Chris Boswell. Christian proved himself in 2021. So, yeah, I like this group.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at this depth chart, there was an awful lot to look at throughout the whole thing. Um, The most – like I say, the most concerning thing is what it's been the whole time, the offensive line. Um, Some people might not care how they did the quarterback position. I'm not saying that's how I wanted it to be. I'm just saying that's what I expected. Um, But overall – this is the team that's going to be going out there on Sunday to face the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Any, any last second thoughts before we head out of here from this, who hopefully last breaking news podcast we've had to do for a long time.
2: <laughs> um, no, I, I honestly, I said this on my let's ride podcast, which ran today, Monday, and it was think back to last year going into week one at the Buffalo bills. What was everyone saying? They're going to lose. They're going to lose. Just go Make ahead and just lose. <laughs> prepare yourself to lose. And that's probably what's going to happen. And what happened? The Steelers had a great plan. They were using two weeks of prep. They used it wisely and they stymied that Bill's offense. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I think if you listen to my podcast enough, you know which way I'm going to pick. But I, I will say that this team could surprise some people. I really do believe that. It's just, I hate to say this, but to me, it all comes down to the offensive line. Everything oh, yes. comes down to the offensive line. So we'll see how it goes, but this depth chart, not a lot of surprises, but there were a few and I think we uh we hit the nail on the head there.
1: Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. It's this this team and its success is going to I think live and die in the trenches and I think yeah. it's really going to fall on the offensive side more than anything else. I uh, I would not place a wager on the Steelers to win the game straight up week one, but I would not be shocked one bit because of what this team can do. Um, that's why they play the games. That's why it's so exciting to to watch the games on Sunday. So whew, here we go. Another breaking news podcast. Um, come on Steelers. Let's just have a nice, normal week of prep this week. Hopefully, that's what we'll be doing. We will hear from Mike Tomlin and Art Rooney II on Tuesday. Not sure how we're going to do that podcast. If we'll wait and see see what's going on with AR2 before we give you the the Mike Tomlin recap. But we'll have all our our podcasts coming at you like we normally would in a game week. Hey, make sure you're looking for it on Sunday morning, our last minute thoughts, because that's just kind of getting everything ready for that game on Sunday. But we've got the whole morning lineup, the noon lineup, our live shows on YouTube and Facebook that are also available on audio only. Make sure you're checking it out. Make sure you're checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And if you're not in it yet, make sure you get in the Survivor Contest to win the signed Cam Hayward football. So to close it up, as we always do with these breaking news podcasts, I'm going to let Jeff say it.